Hey there, thank you for listening to Just the Cheese Please podcast. Just a quick note, we started this podcast on a whim during the spring of 2020 when non-essential items were difficult to get. So please excuse the audio quality on the early episodes while we were waiting for better podcast equipment to arrive. Also, if you hear any glasses clinking or bottles pouring, well, that's just us keeping things interesting during this crazy time in the world. Now on with the show. Hello, everyone. This is Just the Cheese, Please. And uh, my name's Adam. I'm here with Tara J. Hi, Hi. Tara. <laughs> and today we're going to be discussing what I described, I think, yesterday as one of my favorite movies of all time. It's definitely sure one of my definitely one of my favorite movies from childhood, for sure. And um, we are going to... This is the first time you've seen it. Is that right? <laughs> it is. Uh, I had to watch it twice. Couldn't quite grasp what was happening in it, but we'll get into that it's, yeah, later. It's a, it's, it's, it's a bit, it's a bit much. Yeah. Um, there are some, like, watching it into adulthood, I've had to, like, definitely take a step back and look at some of the things that I loved as a child and some of the things I didn't really get as a filmmaker. I mean, at first, John Carpenter. I mean, John Carpenter was amazing, right? This is one of his early ones, I think, or maybe not early. Well, which really but... shocked me, I have to say. It shocked me that this mm-hmm. is John Carpenter because you think of John Carpenter doing, like, horror movies and Obviously, Halloween is the first thing that comes to your mind. And I just like, when I saw that, I was like, what? Yeah, but, you know, as a kid, this was pretty scary. It had some parts that were a little bit, you know, on the borderline for me, at least. So, uh, but, but it was, it was interesting because again, as, as someone who who got a little bit older and watching this, I definitely see faults in it or or things that I didn't notice at first about like the the craft of filmmaking. So that, that's kind of interesting that, uh, and, it's one of those movies where it's it, to me it's so quotable, and I, I notice something new every time. And it was a big influence on me because my friends and my family were really into it. So I just I know all the lines, I know all the scenes, and uh, it's just something that has always stuck with me. Is is it's, it, you know what it is? It's kind of like you know how The Fifth Element is one of those movies where it's like a lot of people when, when they see it on television they have to stop what they're doing and just watch it to completion, no matter what part they, ca- they catch it in. It's kind of one of those movies where it's ridiculous, but it feels good, and I just always want to watch it. This is this is that movie for me. So I know we haven't really discussed it before. Um, you Never. watched it, but I said I didn't <laughs> want to hear what your thoughts were, and I was happy to hear that you said you had a lot of thoughts on it. It wasn't just kind of like eh, it's fine, you know. You were like, no, I have a lot to say about. This <laughs> I always say I have a lot to say, but um, I definitely think it's interesting. I mean, this movie came out in, what, 1986? 86, that's right, yeah. So, I mean, I was a child. The only thing that I remember when you said the movie was that there was this gremlin-type thing that had a lot of eyeballs. And I, it, it, it's, it's weird because that thing was only in the movie for a very short time. But that yeah. thing that stuck out of my head the most when I was a kid. Um, besides that, I had absolutely no idea what I was getting into. I didn't realize it was supposed to be funny. It's kind of campy and cheesy, and I didn't know what I was in for at all. Hmm. So I guess initial impressions. What did you, what did you think? Was it? Uh, I know you said it wasn't like what you thought, but like it? Don't like it? Well, um, as all things eighties, I can always appreciate. You know, I love the eighties. I love everything about it. Um, I I do love even like the cheesy aspects of the movie. It's not a movie that I probably would have watched when I was a kid, even though I was really kind of into I guess boy things when I was younger. <laughs> I don't think I would have been that into that. Definitely not into it now. <laughs> no offense to anyone. You know, I don't want to insult anybody. Uh, I don't. I don't know even where to start with it. I mean, 
Mm-hmm. It's just funny because Kurt Russell, you know, you kind of think of him, well, I do anyway, like, is more of like, it's like a little more of a serious actor. And he was yeah. just so over the top and ridiculous in that movie. And <laughs> I and love another it. Another movie I think he discussed another time also, Escape from New York, which I was like, I mean, oh my gosh, that movie is just ridiculous. But that's for another day. Um, yeah. I guess I wasn't, I don't know. I don't really know. I was not, I just was not expecting it to be what it was. Uh, I could have seen costumes. I mean, the costumes. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That was, that was yeah. beautiful, amazing. Special effects. I gotta work. say, though, as a kid, I, I didn't, I didn't look up to a whole lot of people, but I, like, Kurt Russell was one of my heroes in this movie because he had <laughs> so much confidence and so much swagger he in did, every situation. And it was so undeserved in most situations, but he just basically just overconfident everything he did. And he was so dismissive and he just seemed so frustrated and exasperated at the fact that nothing made sense. I just oh, thought it was uh, really, I mean, uh, I cracked, like, whenever he saw something, he was like, what fuck? What is going on? Like, that it cracked me up. Like, when he had no idea what was going on, because he would see something and he'd be like, what is that? What is that? And that was definitely like, you know, it was some funny parts of it where I laughed out loud. Um, one of my favorite things about, about it, though, is that he was kind of always like, he wasn't really the hero because he tried to do a lot of things. But he always fucked it up. I mean, so many times, yeah, yeah. like trying to do something, and then something would happen, and then by the time he was ready to like help, it was all over. <laughs> like, yeah, and it was pretty it, funny. I have to say. that was that was like one of my favorite parts, just because like it starts at the beginning with the um with the airport scene when the the guys are doing all the knife tricks in front of him, and he's just like, "I'm sorry, it's an airport. On? What is going on? Where is security? Why are there ninjas in the?" And but he thought he was going to be the tough like, guy, you know. They're like slotted spoons over his face. What? I don't oh, know. Oh yeah, those like the the, the Ray Ban eighties <laughs> Ray Bans. But, but yeah, you know. there's a big crowd of people, and they're just like knife fighting and like doing all this crazy stuff, and people are just standing there. He goes into every fight. He goes into the fight at the airport, thinking that he's like, hey, you know, you bumped into that that lady, and then the guy just starts doing knife things, and he's like, oh, what is happening? <laughs> and then when they're in the truck, when they have that street brawl, like that thing, it goes on forever, and it just gets more and more ridiculous. Did but he's not- sitting there in the in the cab of the truck with a knife and like no one's paying attention. And he's just so tense the whole time, like ready to fight, but no one even notices that he's there. And then like there's the other time where he throws the knife by mistake and um he by the time he comes back, Wang like killed everybody. He killed, yeah. There's a time exactly. when he, he kills that big uh big dude who falls on top of him for the whole battle, like half the battle. And he's, he's just trying, trying to get him off him the whole time. <laughs> that was oh, very man. funny. And it's like, by the time he's finished, it's like, oh, uh, okay, you guys took care of this? All right, cool. Yeah. And yeah, and yeah, he gets the final kill. He know, does. With, so. with lipstick on his face, which I thought was another hilarious thing. He gives yeah. this whole big speech and he's got a big thing of lipstick on and his like face. And like on his teeth and everything. Um, yeah. I mean, but wait, did you not want to scream like Mortal Kombat when you saw that one first oh. fight scene between the two? I was like, there's, it's so funny because it was very, it looked like Mortal Kombat-y. Is it was supposed to, well, Mortal, I mean, Mortal Kombat. Kombat came later, but did they yeah. copy? Okay. Cause it there's really there's, a, lot like of, there's a lot of thinking that there's characters from Mortal Kombat that were taken from this movie. Specifically, like, you know, there's the three storms. There was, there was thunder, rain, and lightning, right? Mm-hmm. And rain was the, the, the skinny guy with the skinny face and the swords. Right. That was Ernie, uh, I think that was Ernie Reyes. I think that's who it was. Um, Ernie Reyes Jr.'s father. And I think the, the storms were basically the premise for Mortal Kombat, like, uh, Raiden and, and some of the other characters. They all came from this movie. I could definitely see that. Like, I, I absolutely saw the similarities. But I did. I found myself screaming at the TV and being like, "Mortal Kombat!" So I, <laughs> I could see it for sure. 
I think that that's probably, I think there's definitely similarities. What about Kim Cattrall? You know, she's funny because I guess it's weird because I grew up watching Mannequin, which is one of my favorite movies. I know it's silly, and hopefully we can do that movie one day because <laughs> I also have a lot to say about that movie because I know it's awful, but, you know, you have something in your head as a kid. But I know that she was actually like kind of an 80-bit girl. She was actually in quite a few films that I did not know. I was not aware of. Um, mm, yeah. Like, it was, it's just funny to see her because every time I see her, she has, she does, she has the same demeanor. She's like very much like um, things that she does that are like Kim Cattrallism. Like, you know what I mean? Like she just, the way she acts, the way she breathes, the way she stands, it's like the same in every movie. It's just kind of interesting mm. to watch. And she's always kind of the same person. Um, interesting fact though, those two women in the movie, Kim Cattrall and Susie Tay, neither of them actually had green eyes. They wore compacts for the film. Oh, wow. I did not know that. Yeah. They both have brown eyes, but they wore compacts. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, and it's just funny because Kim Cattrall's character also was a bit overconfident and she was very much like, I, I don't know, like I always, there's a, there's a scene where they're taken, they're taken prisoner and they're all kept in like cells. Right. And it always was funny to me because like everyone else, like Margot, the, the journalist is writing in a notepad and everyone else is there and she's just hogtied and gagged. <laughs> <laughs> I actually you know, like, said that. I was like, why is she this hogtied? <laughs> Everyone else is like chilling, like writing, whatever. They're all just standing around and she's like gagged and bound. I'm like, what is that about? Okay. You, you had to assume that she just would not stop. She just would not like stop. <laughs> and they were just like, someone please gag her or something, you know? But I just, I loved her character. It looked like they had so much fun in this movie. Like, I don't know if her and Kurt Russell got along, but it really did look like they were just having the best of the times. You know? I was wondering that too, because I'm very interested. When I watch a movie, I love to like, I love to look up things about the chemistry of the people, uh, where it was filmed, like things that had happened that I find very mm-hmm. interesting. I couldn't find a lot of information about if Kurt Russell and Control got along, but uh, I like to think so. I mean, I like to think that everybody like gets along on the movie sets, which I know is absolutely not the truth, but it makes me feel better. Yeah. I think so. Um, it did look like, kind of, it kind of looked like fun going through all that water the tunnels and stuff and like i don't know it just it looked like a fun movie that's the the part i always think of as as like hey these people look like they're having fun is when they're going under the water tunnel yeah and they keep popping up she's popping up one head at a time asking where somebody is the person behind them is yeah (laughs) yeah and then he comes up and she they they try to act like they're you know they have this like love hate relationship going on and it plays out like in that tunnel. And I just think it's really funny. We all know. We all, we all so, know. Um, okay. So you said that you, you had to watch it twice because the plot was confusing. And honestly, it was. I don't remember it being confusing. But as a kid, I think everyone thing was confusing to me. Like everything is, you never get everything. So you just kind of like when you're a kid, you deal with the fact that like half movies don't make sense. You just deal with stuff scene by scene. But narratively, like watching it when I'm older, I'm like, yeah, there's a lot of weird things that happen that I don't fully understand. So having just watched it twice, I want you to try to go through the plot as best you can describe it. Oh, Lord, you a, want me to do that? Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, from what I could understand, I still, I still don't really get it. And I, I'm, I'm assuming because there are quite a few plot holes and things that are just left for, you know, the suspension of disbelief and it doesn't really matter. Um, so I'm... From what I gather, that there is a a really old, decrepit dude um, that needs to find a green-eyed woman to marry to become mortal or young. I'm not really sure if I got that part, um, but he needs to appease like this this ancient god or something. And it has, I guess, it didn't. I mean, I thought it had to be an Asian woman, but apparently it didn't matter because he ended up marrying both of them, sort of, or trying to. So they they steal that girl, and that's um, oh my, I can't remember his name. Uh, Lopan. No, 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 not Lopin, but the guy that was going to marry her. Oh, 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 Wang. I think his name is Wang. Wang, yeah. 
So they steal her, and the whole thing is trying to get get her back. And there is some kind of weird, dark underworld, which I'm assuming is, like, supernatural because people can throw, like, lightning and do all this weird stuff. So there's, and they have, like, a shop that's, like, a, I guess a, like, a dummy shop, and they, it's, like, their, their route to the underworld or the spirit world. I'm not, I, I'm not really sure about that part. I, I know that it's obviously not, like, real reality, but I don't know if it's a different dimension. Is it, like, a spirit world? Like, I'm not really sure. So they go in there, um, all this stuff happens, obviously they're trying to stop him from getting her, and there's a big giant fight at the end. But the guy becomes that giant tall dude who just kind of glides everywhere. Um, Lopan mm-hmm. becomes this emperor, you know, and yeah, yeah. the girls, and then of course, like, Wang and Kurt Russell come to the rescue, and they get the girl, and it's kind of over. I mean, that's like, in a nutshell, is like what I got from it. I didn't, I didn't that's- see anything. Incredible, like really deep seated things that were going on. I didn't see anything that I was like, because like, when I watched it twice, I was like, maybe I'm missing something. Maybe it's way more interesting than that. And I was like, no, nope, I don't think it is. <laughs> no, it's just it's 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 like almost like a fish out of water. It's an action comedy where one of the guys comes and gets dragged into this storyline, which is so ridiculous, and he's sort of like the audience insert because he's like, this is just crazy, you know. He's like, this is not like how real life is. And even until like the very end, like at the very right before the very end, they're drinking the magic potion. And oh, I um, you about that, is that yeah, like, yeah? Because he's all like, "I feel great, I feel amazing." Is it getting hot in here? Like, what was that? Just- you know, it's funny. I never like I never knew if that was a placebo or not. I don't think it is because the only, the only thing that I saw that they did uh, that was like superhuman uh, after drinking that was when Wang was having the fight with the rainstorm and he mm-hmm. was having the sword duel in the air. Like they were jumping like crazy. And that made me think, like, maybe the potion actually did give them magic powers or something. But, I, I was, you know, I wasn't totally sure because they didn't do that much that was that insane. I just assumed that it was, like, trying to go off the old Kung Fu kind of movies. And they were doing those ridiculous, like, fights in the air and people are, you know, like, yeah. sword fighting for, like, a minute while they're, you know, midair. I just assumed uh, it was kind of like an homage to the, you know, that old style of, like, Kung Fu movie. But I don't really, I don't, like, I don't watch Kung Fu movies. And that brings me to another question for you. Okay. Um, do you think that this would be possible to do now, this movie? No. 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 But I would actually want to save that for a little bit later because I do have oh, okay. something yeah, to yeah. say about that as well. Okay, absolutely. Yeah. You know, this is uh, something I was thinking about as well, though, and I think it's worth discussing. Um, All right. But okay. uh, just in that in that part where they're drinking the magic potion and Egg Shan, I love Egg Shan. He's probably my favorite character in this, that little guy. He gives everyone the potion. And he so says, cool. like, it'll make you see things you haven't seen and do things you haven't do- done. And uh, Kurt Russell says, hey, what more could you want? And Eggshen says, a six-demon bag. And Kurt <laughs> Russell just goes, a six-demon bag, fantastic. What's in that? And, like, this is at the end of the movie. Like, he's seen so many things, and he's still just so, like, incredulous and exasperated by all, like, the craziness that's going on around him. Yeah, that I, just, was I love his character. It's like half John Wayne, you know, because he's got this <laughs> swagger, like, hey, little, little lady. But it's, but it was like kind of almost like comical, like a, um, well, I can't even think about like, you know, what it is, but just the way that he was always kind of like screwing up everything, you know, when he was trying to do the right, you know, he was always trying to do the right thing, but he would always kind of mess it up in a way. So I don't know, it, was, it was funny. Yeah. And like one of the things I, I just sort of realized over the last few viewings was that like a good chunk of the middle of the movie takes place in the Wing Kong Express. Like they go there, they pretend to be telephone people, they get trapped there and they spend a long amount of time there. Mm-hmm. Then they, they, they go there specifically to 
uh, free Mao Yin, right? Right. But at the end of that section of the movie, they leave. They don't have Mao Yin. They completely yeah. failed. And now they also <laughs> lost Gracie, right? Right. Then, like ten it's minutes like later, that cat thing, whatever the big hairy. Yeah, I don't know what that is. That thing yeah, freaked either. me out when I was a kid. The hairy demon. But then another big chunk of the movie, almost the entire second half of the movie, also takes place in that same location. So it's just this weird narrative where they go there to accomplish something. They leave with a bunch of people who were not the person they came to get, but they consider it a success. And then they go back there for like the second half of the movie. Like most of the movie takes place in that in, particular yeah. building, you know? I just think it's very strange. It, it's almost like the, you'd think that there would be a progression, but it's almost like a circle back into like the middle of the movie to accomplish what they kind of failed at the first time. Right. You know? I don't know. I thought that was interesting. Like it's, it's, you know, it's like a, yeah, it's failed mission. I don't know. It's, it, there's definitely humor in the movie for sure. Um, there's definitely parts, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know why this always caught me, but when they're going, when they're trying to leave, it's actually right before the part where Kim Patrol goes in and she's asking about, you know, where the person right behind them is. When she jumps in the water, I don't know if you noticed, but she goes to dive. Oh my God. Oh, yes. belly flop. It's like, oh boom. And like, I wanted oh to talk God. about this. That was the worst. Exactly. I don't know why they used that cut. Why did they use that take? Who jumps into a pool like that? That I looked was like it was the, dying. It looked like she didn't know if she wanted to go head first or feet first, and she just went. She just like, freaked out. I don't know what happened there. <laughs> she got scared and was just like, ah. But that, that looks terrible. It was. You're really absolutely funny. right. I always <laughs> notice that. I'm like, what a terrible, terrible way to just get into a pool of water that's at your feet. I wonder. You know, it wasn't on a high cliff or anything. It like hurt her, you know. She was. I don't know. That was. That was. That's just for some reason. I that stuck out in my head, and I was like, no one else is going to notice that. I'm very glad that you noticed that too, because oh, that to me was hysterical. Because maybe growing up by water, you know, like I, I wasn't into like swimming or diving, but like that's just that's not it the way to so do it. Brutal. Yeah. <laughs> maybe we'll look at that clip a little bit later because I definitely want to like, play that and see that because I I always notice that as well for sure. You were talking about the gremlin, we, the thing with the eyes. We talking about the round thing, the guardian. Yeah. That okay. All right. So that was what you remembered from the commercials, I guess. The only thing I remembered, and um, I just remember okay. it going down a hallway or like a pipe. I don't know where, whatever, like in a cavernous tube, and having all these eyes everywhere, and like that's literally the only thing that I remember from that movie. Mm. So I mean, I don't know. I was, I mean, I was little. I mean, like you, you were both young. I, it's just funny because it kind of. I guess it kind of did look a little scary when I was a kid. You know, it seemed a little weird um, just seeing the commercials for it. So maybe, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if that's why I didn't like it or it just didn't, it just didn't appeal to me. I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was, I don't know if it was supposed to be scary. I don't think it was. But as a kid, it was maybe a little too scary for me. But one of the things that I think was supposed to be scary, but or maybe, maybe it wasn't, I don't know. But it never scared me as a kid. I, even as a kid, I was like, no, that's ridiculous is thunder when thunder starts blowing up at the very end and he just what turns into like that? a cabbage patch kid basically well, okay <laughs> i, 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 wanted, I wanted to ask you about that like why does he do that is he so distraught at the destruction of that weird emperor floating guy that he just can't handle it and explode or is it 30 years later I, I don't know like, i don't know and then i was thinking maybe because he's dead it's it's he's just the whole that whole underworld thing kind of got destroyed because it sort of seemed like things were caving in and I don't know, but then, you know, you get to the end of the movie and you see that there's something from there, like, you know, still living. So I wasn't really, I couldn't, I didn't, I couldn't figure that one out. Yeah, I can only guess that maybe he was just so upset. He was so upset that his boss died 
that he decided to commit suicide in the hopes to take out people around him. I don't know. It was pretty weird. I, yeah, I, I don't understand that part at all either. So, but I, I was yeah. like, oh my god, when they showed his face, that would have freaked me out when I was a kid. Because it was kind of like you're right. It looked like a garbage pill kid. <laughs> it definitely did with the weird swollen face and his eyes bulging yeah. out. It was kind of creepy. Definitely a little bit of a large Mars moment there. All right. So, um, do we want to talk about anything else? Is there any other issues on the plot uh, or the intro that you want to talk about before we get into the scene by scene or? Or um, anything else? I don't think so. I do have a question. I, I've watched it twice, and for some reason I can't seem to remember. Did Susie Pay's character ever speak? Did she ever say a word in that movie? I don't remember her speaking. Right? Yeah, she says no at least once. Um, she doesn't have any lines in the movie. I was like trying, when I watched the second time, I was like, wait a minute. She might maybe say like a few words here and there, but she doesn't really have any lines. It's very strange because she's like billed as like a main character, you know, and she wasn't, she's not even in it that much. Yeah, she's like, gagged she's for most of the movie. She's gagged or, or, or hypnotized or, or tranced into a sleep for most of the movie. And then at the end, during the, I think during the marriage, she says like, no, or no, I don't want to marry you. And then up in his chambers, when he's because he, he wanted two girls with green eyes because he had a barrier and then killer. He's like, Well, I'll marry one and kill the other. And then kill the other, right. Yeah. But then like when Gracie Law gets saved, he's like, Well, I'll just marry and kill Mel Yin. And he's he basically turns into flesh again. And he's like, All right, now I'm time uh, I, I want to marry you, I'm gonna kill you, or something like that. And she's like, No, I don't want to. Like that's basically Okay, it. I think that she does, does yes, like, yeah. she really doesn't have any lines, and I realized that I was like, That's so strange. She doesn't I don't. You said that. Hold on. Let me. I'm gonna. I'm gonna share my screen for a minute here. So let's. And she was um, apparently this. like a Playboy playmate on the cover. Really? She, yeah. I can't remember what year. It was in the '80s or something. I remember reading about it. She, she was on the. She was the centerfold, I believe, or the cover or something. She was in the '80s at some point. Okay. Didn't know that. That's interesting. Susie Pay. Okay. Yeah. There it says right there. Mao Yin. Uh, I, I I pulled up the perfect picture of her that before. One right? Oh my gosh, it's so weird. That's that's the one. I mean, she doesn't look like I don't know, just look like a person. I'm sorry, she looks like a total wax figure or a mannequin. It's just very odd. I'm not saying she's not pretty. That's what I'm saying. I just it's just odd. Like her bone structure, her mouth, like her eyes. She just it, to me, she almost looks like one of these dolls that we have now that like you know guys like to like you know buy on the internet, <laughs> like those AI oh. guys. She just looks fake. It's just, it's insane. I mean, that, that is just like weird. Her face is just very, it's very like statuesque, but almost like not human. You know what I mean? You see it. You don't Yeah. See she's got like a lot of bone structure there. I, I get that. Just I don't odd. particularly, I remember, I, honestly, and all right, maybe, maybe we'll get to this early this segment, but basically, cause we're watching a lot of eighties movies, right? We're watching a lot of eighties movies and times have changed. So I feel like in every single one of these movies, it's going to come up is this movie racist? Like, is it racist? Okay. Right. So that's going to be, I think, a recurring segment in this podcast is, sure. is it racist? So your take, is Big Trouble in Little China racist? Uh, you know, I mean, if I say no, everyone's going to hate me. If I say yes, I'm. It, it, there's really no right answer. Do I find it like out, outwardly racist, hateful, as in racist as in hateful? Absolutely not. I think that times were different and people did things or said things. And, you know, we have to remember that people were also going along with it and they weren't upset about it. If people were unhappy with anything, then that's a different story. Like if they felt exploited, I don't, I don't really, I don't think this is, I don't think it's racist. Um, I think in this current climate, 
that people would be upset about it if they, you know, you see it, they're like, oh my goodness, you can't show that because it's Asian people like dressed like doing this and doing that and the kung fu. And it's like, well, that's kind of also like a lot of people's culture. I like, I mean, no, I don't. I really don't think it's racist. I just don't yeah, think I, that I, they should do anything like that now because I think that people are overly sensitive about talking about race or showing anything that might be silly about somebody else's race or even in, in making a joke about it. Like you could never, you just can't do it anymore. You know, people get very upset and um, I, I don't necessarily agree with that, but obviously if something's overtly racist and, and awful. I mean, I completely agree, right? I mean, you have a, a, a white guy, John Carpenter, making a movie about Chinese culture and taking it to an insane extreme. So it's got all, I think, the ingredients for what people will consider racist if they just looked at it on paper. But the whole movie was just a big, fun kind of farce. And I think that, um, I think back then, people took it for that. You know, people didn't didn't look at it as... Uh, judgment you know because now i feel like if you make a movie you have to make a defining statement about something so if this was john carpenter's defining statement about chinese culture then you'd be like yeah well that's kind of racist but that's not what it was it was like a feel-good fun comedy action set against the backdrop of chinatown and chinese black magic and i don't think anyone took it to be a serious critique of chinese culture so I think everyone had a good time and it was enjoyable and hopefully that's how it remains. But again, that's not the way it is these days. So it's, it's not the way it is. And people will say that it was that it's racist. And um, I don't think that was ever the intention. I don't think mm-hmm. it was, you know, white guy trying to make fun of Asian culture or do anything like that. I think he probably had a lot of respect for it. I mean, he used a lot of people that are um, martial artists, like a real martial artist that have respect for what they do. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't see it. The, as the choreography was actually pretty cool. It was very diverse. It was, was very of, good. Yeah. A lot of cool fight scenes. Some of them may have gone on too long, but he mixed, you know, hand to hand. It was gun combat. So it was, it was, it was a lot of action. Um, but I remember the reason I brought that up is because as a kid, as even as a young kid, I always wondered, like, am I racist? Because I did not find this particular main character attractive, right? And she was supposed to be like the, the jewel that everyone's sort of going after, you know? And I remember being like, Maybe I'm not attracted to Asian girls or something like that, which turned out not to be a thing. But as a kid, I was just like, I was with you, whereas like, I didn't really find this particular character that appealing as like the, the damsel in distress that everyone's trying to save because they all fall in love with her. I just didn't get that either from uh, just from her looks. And she, she didn't say anything. So that was even uh, more <laughs> reason not to. Yeah, it's reason. Yeah. Meanwhile, now these two, I just love the chemistry between these two. I loved Kim Cattrall. You're right. She was in a lot of 80s movies. She was in another movie called Turk 182, which a lot of people don't know about, but she was great in that as well. And um, I don't know. I just, these, these, the chemistry between these two, I think, formed a lot of my input as a child of like what I wanted in a relationship. This sort of like, not contentious, but like go toe to toe, you know, never have oh, yeah. I can one kid come back. <laughs> and I, I think I take a lot of, uh, a lot of beats from Kurt Russell in this movie growing up just because I thought it was so cool that he had so much confidence even though he didn't know what was going on. So that was uh that was my my take on that. So yeah, Egg Shen. I love Egg Shen. He's probably my favorite character in this. What, what was your take on this character? I, I loved him. I thought it was really cool. I love the beginning when he was just like, you leave him alone. Let's see, I'm so bad. I don't remember the name of the, the, the first name. Kurt Russell's character. 
Oh, Jack Burton. Yeah. Yeah. He's just like, you leave Jack Burton alone. Like he's like, we're getting to him. He was just, he's just a rebel dude. Like he just, he like yeah. cares on him and he, he's like, but you know, he, he appreciates what he did. So I don't know. I liked him. Yeah, but it's, he, was cool. it's, he was fun. I don't know how, I actually don't know how often that happened back in the eighties, but we have this framing story and it actually happened with, um, Kilgari, which we saw a few weeks ago together where the movie starts off with someone telling a tale and then it kind of, the, the rest of the movie is that tale, you know? And, yeah. and um, I guess so it, it does date back to like the 20s or 30s, but it, I don't think it was that common in the 80s where you start off after the fact and then someone goes back and tells the story. But you're right. And at the time, you don't know who Jack Burton is. You don't know it's Kurt Russell's character or what his character anything. is. Yeah. But he seems so, it's almost like you forget about that first scene until your second viewing and you're like, oh yeah, I forgot about this first scene where he's sticking up for Kurt Russell's character and how much courage he has. And I just thought that was a really cool touch. And they hint, they hint that this guy has been alive for centuries as well. Cause David Lopin has been around for thousands of years. Right. And there's a couple of points. Yeah. There's a couple of points where they hint that maybe this guy is like super old as well. Like when they have that battle with the two uh, light warriors, it's like the light and dark warriors, they're fighting each other mm-hmm. and it's like a stalemate. And uh, Lopin says, you never could beat me, Egg Shan. And there's times when he's referenced, like, you know, I've been doing this a long time. Right. Oh, yeah. When they're doing like, like, their um, kind of avatars or whatever fighting. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I I feel like this guy's been around for centuries. And he's still kind of, like, kind of, you know, he he doesn't seem like it. He doesn't have that, like, air of, like, uh, um, ancient. He just seems like a a dude. Distractedness. Yeah. This guy's so gross. Yeah. He was pretty funny yeah. though. Oh, uh, yeah, that guy's famous. He's been in a bunch of stuff too. Um, but he was he was funny. Like when they rolled him out in wait, this guy you're talking about or Lopan? No, Lopan. Was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, like, they roll him out in the yeah, he's like he's telling everyone to shut up. And he, he says uh him and Kurt Russell are having all these back and forths. And Kurt, Kurt Russell's telling him like like check into a loony bin or something like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> I love their their dynamic. And then there was Another recurring joke that I didn't get the first few times I watched it was there's all these hells. Like they mentioned in the beginning where one of the characters says Chinese have a lot of hells. And right. then throughout the rest of the movie, there's like every five or 10 minutes, they like mention another hell. Like, where are we? And like hell of the upside down sinners. And they're like, send them to the hell with the boiling, boiling oil or something like that. And there's just like constantly like new hells. I, that that. I remember the yeah. hell of upside down sinners because that was like the first place that they went to. Yeah, yeah. And then I remember him saying that, but I don't know if I caught the other the other hells. But and he's you know the, even the old restaurant owner guy who's in it very little. He'll say, he uh, they're talking about all these different hells, and then Wang says the Chinese have a lot of hells, and then that guy goes, "What the hell is Gracie Law doing here?" <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was just uh, it's it's I, I find it funny I've like ever seen. At first, huh? like, right? They seem to not really like her. Yeah, they say that she's a lawyer. She's bad news. I think that's just yeah. the Chinese, uh, Chinese Chinatown's mistrust of authority, you know, back then or something. But I like else? that Kurt Russell's character was like part of it in a way. You know, he he was friends with them. He really, he like, he genuinely enjoyed their company, and they seemed to genuinely enjoy his company. You know, like they really liked each other. Like him and Wang Wang. God, Wang, I, yeah, yeah. I need to like write down the names of these people because I'm terrible with names. But he, uh, they seem to really genuinely care about each other, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, because you know I've always wondered like they don't really talk about they try to introduce uh, Kurt Russell and uh, Wang as friends, old friends, 
but they don't really talk about any old times. So you really don't know how long they knew each other or how There's close no they history. were. There's no history. You're right. There isn't, but yeah, you really don't know. But there, it's kind of just like, you know, given, it sort of seems like it's just, it's just unsaid that they've known each other for a while and he's a truck driver and, uh, right. Yeah. And Chinatown for a long time. So like, and this was something else I didn't realize, like, so his, his truck is called the Pork Chop Express. So pork I'm guessing he delivers yeah. pork to the Chinese market and that guy's uh, attached to a restaurant. So he's probably been delivering pork to his family's restaurant. And the very opening scene, when you see the truck coming down, it's loaded with a trailer at the back. But the rest of the movie, it doesn't have a trailer. So I guess he yeah. came to Chinatown, he unloaded everything, hung out with the Chinese people in the Chinese market, gambling all night, and then got embroiled into this this sort of madness, right? Let's watch Kim Cattrall jump into the water here. Oh. Like, that's a decent, like, all right, head yeah, first, yeah, feet yeah, first, no. all that's fine. Watch Kim Cattrall. Like, I don't know if this was a bad take or what, but this is just the worst dive into water I've ever seen. I don't think it was on purpose either. I feel like... Oh, it, like, that had a hurt your face. Like, goes, oh. face right? It's the freaking water. <laughs> like, what is that? I, I just, I don't get, like... I know, I know. That seems like indecision at the last moment, right? Well, she looked like she was about to die, but then she all of a sudden decided to spread her arms out and put her face straight down to the water instead of putting her head down. I don't know. I want to catch. I want to catch the moment where she hits the water. I wonder if, like, she was afraid of water. I don't know. She might have some kind of weird thing. Uh, She just goes basically like she just basically goes like this, like into the water. She just puts her whole body at one time straight into the water. Yeah. Not head first. <laughs> <laughs> you should be vertical when you're yeah, about to hit the water. Like belly flopping it. She doesn't even care. She's like, here I go. Oh, it was man. pretty funny. That's rough. That's that's gotta be rough, right? It's gotta be. And, and then this part I, in the pool as a kid, that shit hurts a lot. It doesn't matter who yeah. you are. And this this part, this part to me, it just this is the part where I'm like, these people had so much fun on this this set. Um, oh, Eddie. Yeah, scene. Eddie was kind of a throwaway character, I feel like, right? Um, I don't know. He, was kind of, he had a crush on the reporter. That's he? true. Yeah, that's He's true. Kind of cute. Here we go. Yeah, they're so happy. Oh, they do kiss there. Oh, I didn't even realize. Yeah, but then she's like, gets all, all mad at him. Yeah, she is mad, but then they make out in like a little elevator after that, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's definitely like, good chemistry. It's cute. It is kind of like that, I hate you, but I want you, you know, like, you're exciting, you know, kind of thing. It's like, I, it's it's good. It's good chem. That makes for good chemistry, I think. Yeah, I think so. Because she could kind of hold her own. Like, I mean, maybe at the end he didn't really save her though. And you know what else I found interesting is that she kept waking up in the middle of the hypnosis when Nao Yin didn't. Yeah. Like they were supposed to go into hypnosis, but she kept being like waking up early. Um, not that it did her any good, but I don't know why that was put in there. I love it. They didn't have to thing. show her waking up early. Like, so the first time, you know, she puts her and they have their regular eyes, like they're, you know, they're sitting in the rooms and they're kind of just like sitting very still and, you know, they're just whatever. And she kind of comes out of it and she looks at the girl and she's trying to get her attention. I don't really understand. It it, it wasn't really a point to that. Yeah. Like here. So she's like out of, she's back, you know, back to herself and she's trying to get her attention. But like, I don't really see what the point was of that. Like why make her. Yeah. And then this guy comes in. And just hypnotizes because she doesn't them again, try right? to defend herself or do anything while she's out of the hypnosis. So it really doesn't make sense to bring her out of the hypnosis. She didn't try to yeah, fight them off or stop it or anything. So I'm not sure. And then she just gets hypnotized again, I guess, right? When their eyes go white. So Yeah, exactly. She so just gets hypnotized really, again. It doesn't really make sense. 
So this is the thing that you were talking oh, about before. Yeah, that thing. <laughs> it's kind of weird because it's like now as an adult, I kind of like him. You know, I'm like, oh, he's kind of cute. <laughs> he seems cute there. Yeah, without yeah, sound. He's kind of cute. I mean, he's obviously better. Oh, he's what's his name? Like he's like the eyes, right? He kind of like yeah. he can see through that thing. Yeah, correct? exactly. Okay. Yeah. But he's kind of cute. When he gets stabbed in the head, well, in the face, and I don't know whatever he is. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess, you know, what are you going to do? Then there's a scene in the elevator. I love that. He's like, oh, she's like, this potion lets me see things that no one else can see. Why are you dressed like that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he has, like, no idea what's going on. Like, all of that just happening. Like, no clue what's happening. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's 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 really it. Um, so the the, uh, the the main guy, David Lopan, I don't know if you know who he is. I'm going to come over to... Uh, to hear, but he's been in a ton of stuff. I do. James Hong, this guy. Oh, he looks familiar. Yeah. So if we come down to his uh, filmography, like he's, it's even got a separate wiki just for his filmography. I know, like My people God. will say, oh, he's Kung Fu Panda, but I know you don't, you don't really care about Kung Fu Panda. Neither do I. Voice? No, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, he was in the Golden Child, and interesting, interesting enough, the Golden Child. Um, John Carpenter was worried that the plots of these two movies were too similar. Mm-hmm. And I kind of get it, but th- I think they're different enough. And they came out like almost the same month, uh, maybe right. even oh. the same month. I'm not sure. I didn't see that movie either. So. Oh, the Golden Child. Okay, well, we'll put that on the list as well. Put that on. I'm trying to. There's definitely. Uh, he was in Wayne's World too. He played Tia Carrera's father. Father. Okay, I remember that. Yeah. Um, Gosh, he has got quite a filmography. My goodness. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was in Balls of Fury, which was a funny movie. I don't know if you ever saw that. What movie? Balls of Fury, the ping pong movie with the... No, oh, mm, I don't know. I might have like had it on. It would have been on when I was in college or something. Like what movie? It what was, movie was yeah. What year is that from? Um, Balls of Fury was 2007. Okay. It might have been on when I was like, you know, somewhere doing something, but like, I don't think I ever paid attention to it, but I remember it being on. Like, I remember the movie. Ooh, Hot to Trot. That's another one. Hot to Trot, Tango and Cash. Well, Dane Kish, another Kurt Russell movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Kurt Russell and um, John Carpenter seem to enjoy each other's company because he was in quite a few of his movies, right? Yeah, he was in The Thing, right? Mm-hmm. The Thing. He was in Escape from New York, which also, when I saw that, I had no idea that that was a John Carpenter movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I. You know what? I've never seen Escape from L.A., but I heard it wasn't that great. So I don't know if that's even worth it. Oh, Escape from New York was cool. I liked Escape from New York. John Carpenter seems to have a thing with gangs. It's kind of funny because in a lot of his films, he does these gang themes, but they're all like kind of ridiculous gangs. You know, it's like that real yeah, life yeah. kind of like almost, they, you almost wait for them to like start snapping their fingers. You know, it's like these weird, badass gangs. Like, I don't know. It's, just, it's kind of funny. He does that a lot. So I thought one of the other things we can do is we could uh, we could try to find some Rotten Tomatoes or Amazon reviews for this movie, and because uh, sometimes they're hilarious. I don't know if you've ever seen any other Amazon reviews for movies and stuff. Um, I definitely like reading reviews. You know, like you know, as you know, I love to read like Big little really funny reviews because I mean sometimes they're just amazing. They're just absolutely incredible. Yeah. The people that do them should be writers. I'm like, why are you just doing this? Like, you should actually be famous right now. You mean like in a legit sense? Yeah, no, like they're hysterical. Like it's just great writing. <laughs> okay. 
well, I don't want to find good reviews. I want to find like weird or stupid reviews. No, that's, well, that's what I mean. I mean, people that I'm just saying the writing is so good, even if it's a terrible if a review, it's a terrible. You know, a review I sent you recently about a movie that was great writing and it was absolutely hysterical, but it was not a good review at all. <laughs> right. Let's let's look at some of the one star reviews. Oh, Sound no, effects no, were missing. <laughs> no star, second one that doesn't work. It's better to see uh, ones that are just about the movie. Like, I want to see one-star reviews that are just about the movie, not because of the quality. Yeah, not that whatever. it doesn't work. Yeah. I gave it one star because there was no poster. <laughs> <laughs> that poster, was by the way, is so <laughs> ridiculous. Oh, my God. Oh, isn't it? Like, looking at I the love poster, it. I love it. You would never yeah. know what the hell this movie was about. you like, I mean, I look, I look at it now, and I'm still like, I, what? <laughs> it's just. I mean, let's let's look at this. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. All right, we so yeah. we have Kurt Russell as the hero, which he sort of kind of is, but he's also kind of a doofus. And Kim Cattrall's lying on the ground like it's some Godzilla movie. She's like, oh, like I don't know what she's doing. There's a huge truck. <laughs> it's like, it's like it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. <laughs> there is nothing on here that would tell it's you. Them in the water. It would literally tell you nothing about like you don't even see any Asian people in this. Like literally, maybe in a tiny little thing there oh like yeah you're right you're right so crazy like you would never know like what is this going on? is not a depiction of anything that happens in the movie at all oh. it kind of reminds me of like an evil dead i think evil dead three do you remember what was it evil dead three with him uh, standing there, the girl like on his leg kind of thing i mean that's it doesn't make any sense yeah it's just it's, a, it's terrible it's just there's, Dave, there's lopan there with the starry eyes but yeah you're right it's why is he so big? <laughs> and like, exactly. Like, I understand he's like the star, but like, there's no other, it's to two white people. So now you want to talk about racism? I'd say that's a little racist. You know, like, your cover is just the two white people that are in it when like, the main players are all like Asian people. Like, so I, I do I think it's think funny. He, he's wearing this stereotypical like Asian tank top. Yeah. It's almost like, it's almost like a racist tank top against Asians throughout the entire movie. It's, it kind of is, and he wears that for a lot of it, but like most of yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> just very yes, I definitely. I wanted to like make note of the fact that I think that the cover is ridiculous. Like it just makes no sense. I love this. It was stupid. <laughs> it was stupid. <laughs> well, way to be succinct, man. It's a stupid movie. It was stupid. I love this guy. Who is this? Uh, this is Kim Landers. Kim Landers. <laughs> right on, Kim. <laughs> <laughs> Think, but not untrue. One star. I had a great TV edition, which I lost, and my house burned down. <laughs> oh my god! And that's just five star film, though. That's a little bit of a weird oxymoron. Yeah, and these are all. You know what? These are all issues with the the actual playing of the. Right, yeah. So it's not yeah. really. Really I like Kurt Russell, but this is dumb, dumb, dumb. Dumb. Unless <laughs> <laughs> you have the mentality <laughs> of a two year old, you will hate this. Dumb beyond um, belief. Oh, My spouse loves this movie. I do not. It was extremely cheesy with horrible acting. If that appeals to you, then this movie is for you. If not, do not waste your time. Others' 80s movies are much better and deserve airtime. I mean, you know, I mean, whenever I got to see it, I definitely isn't something that I would be like, don't know about seeing again. So, I don't know. How do you think this movie did, money-wise, back in the day? Ooh, I don't know. I mean, I imagine it did okay. I don't think it was, like, a huge hit. I'm going to say that it became more of a cult classic later. Than say yeah, I think that's fair. So is that 11, how much it made, but how much did it make the or how much did it cost them to make it? There was a lot of explosions and a lot of things that kind of feel like that probably cost a lot of money for them. 
I mean, eleven million is that? I mean, I guess it's okay for them, right? Well, I mean, it 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 was ranked fifteenth the week it came out, okay. and it made it to seven, seventh place the third week. So that's not so great, to be honest. I mean, but it's not right. terrible. I mean, for a movie, you know, I, I feel like I remember oh. the hype around. I feel like I remember my adults around me talking about the movie. I don't, it was definitely something that's in my mind as a child, but mm. I just, it wasn't something that really appealed to me. Um, but I definitely, it was, it, there was hype around it. Like I remember hearing people talking about it. So, so it did not make money. It had a 19 to $25 million budget yeah. and it only had, made $11 million dollars in the theater. I had a feeling it didn't do that well, but I definitely think it's like now it's just become this kind of cult status thing. People love it. People are buying it. People still like want to watch it. So mm-hmm. it's got that kind of like that appeal, like for people that love like kind of cheesy 80s movies, you know, I think that's wonderful. I love when things like, you know, I mean, it sucks for them if they didn't make the money back then, but it still has staying power and people are never going to forget this movie. So that's good for yes. them, right? Yeah, you know, and I think it wound up having a lot of people both behind the camera and in front of the camera that were big names, and I think it has its place in um, in eighties history for sure. Oh, for absolutely, it absolutely does. Even though I wasn't someone that I love, it ha- I can see it. It has its place. It has its spot, like you know, alongside a lot of other wonderful cult classic movies. And um, excuse me, I'm just pouring myself some more wine. Mm-hmm. I think it's. Um, I, I think that for some reason for me, like the kind of the 80s cult classics or even like early 90s cult classics are like kind of more special. There's something about them. Like, yeah, they're not great, but they've got this either it, it could be nostalgia. It just could be like the fact that it's so bad that it's good. You know, that there's always like that element. Um, and I think this movie yeah. makes a lot of people happy. And I think it makes them, you know, remember their childhood or whatever. And it is cheesy, but there's something to be said for cheesy movies. Hence, just the cheese, please. I mean... Who doesn't love the cheese, cheese, please. That's right. Who so, really love a good cheesy movie, honestly. Yeah. So, I mean, oh, this is actually pretty interesting. 77 of the critics and 82. That's actually fairly close. And I think that yeah. is accurate. I think that's accurate. I think that, um, you know, it's not a 90 plus movie. It's going to have people who think it is. But if you were to poll everybody, I would hope that maybe, maybe it's even a little high, to be honest. I don't know if 80% of the people would. I know that's not how it works, but I don't know if 80% of people would generally consider this to be favorable. So the question is, would you recommend it? And if there is, uh, if there is like a, a catch to that, like who would you recommend it to? Hmm. Good question. I think I know some people that would really enjoy it if they haven't seen it already, because I feel like most of the people that I know, if they would like this, they probably already saw it. I wouldn't necessarily recommend it to everyone. I wouldn't say like to one of my girlfriends that I know, like, hey, this is great. You know, you watch it, they'd probably be like, what the fuck do you need to watch? <laughs> what is this? Um, but there's some people I think that would really enjoy it. And I think the people that like I would suggest probably have already seen it because they're into this particular kind of cheese and this particular kind of like action 80s. There's different, there's different levels of 80s movies, you know, and this is, um, I went to the A-Levelation say levels of 80s and there's different levels of like cheesiness and is it like the action cheese that, you know, it's too much for me. I think maybe it was like a little bit too much. The acting was pretty bad, but I can usually deal with that. Special effects are pretty good for the time, you know, costumes are great. Story had a lot of holes, but who cares? Most of them do, you know, it doesn't matter. But, you know, I guess overall, I'd probably give it like a six out of ten. Six out of ten. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm i glad that it wasn't, I'm glad that it's on the plus side of five. Yeah. Because it was a I portrait. really do love this I'm movie. glad I saw it. But yeah. It was, yeah. 
Yeah. You and you did find certain parts funny, hopefully. And I, you know, I did. I thought it was pretty funny, but I get it. You know, it's not for everybody. It's like kung fu movies, like you said. You're not really into kung fu movies. Uh, did you watch? Have you watched like the Drunken Masters movies at all? Um, I had a boyfriend in high school that sort of loved to watch that stuff, so it was on in the background. <laughs> but yeah. can I say that I actually watched them? Mm, no, I definitely didn't. But, you know, my friends and I would definitely put them on, you know, in the room when we were hanging out, and I would catch kind of glimpses of it. But I would usually kind of turn to the screen and be like, what the fuck is going on right now? Like, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't somebody that, like, I was ever interested in, so I mm. can't say that I have. So. Okay. So, any anything else? Any other final thoughts on this movie? Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. I think I pretty much said everything I wanted to say. I was taking notes when I was when I was reading when I was I mean when you I was were. watching it. So, just about things that were like I found funny, but I think we touched on pretty much everything. Yeah, yeah. I just I want to reiterate that I love this movie. It's probably a big nostalgia factor for me as a kid. It was a big action adventure comedy that. Uh, was was a big deal to me as a kid. And so now I, I definitely view the movie differently. I see it more as a unique piece of cinema that deserved to be in the eighties and no, no other time period. Yeah. Um, but I still get the, I still have the enjoyment because it reminds me of being a kid in a lot of ways, you know, and thinking I'm watching this big uh, epic adventure, which it kind of was, you know, but oh, as absolutely. a kid, it was a big epic adventure that really drew me in. And it almost plays out like a video game with stages and bosses, levels. And, I was thinking and, of that, like yeah. bosses. It's like you have to get through the boss level. I definitely had that go through my mind when I was watching it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I love it. And um, I would definitely recommend it. I give this one a 9 out of 10. Oh, wow. And uh, yeah, absolutely. And cool. anyone who is okay with 80s, I think it definitely needs to be seen. Definitely. So then the question becomes, what is next? Do you have an idea of what we want to do next, or are you going to wait and surprise us? Um, I have some ideas, but I think I'd rather... Th- I have a, I'm going through some ones in my head, and I think I'd rather surprise everyone, because it's more fun that way, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Okay, Don't so, worry, it'll, it'll still be cheesy 80s. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, we, it, and we're going to do some 90s stuff too, because I think the idea of cheesy movies kind of extended into the 90s as well, right? And that was still... Yeah, in our, the early 90s definitely was... You, kinda, you can kind of lump 90, 91, 92 kind of into there a little bit. You know, maybe after 92 it started to get a little different, but definitely early, early 90s was not too different from like 88 or 89, you know? Yeah, yeah. Agreed, agreed. Alright, so I guess next week will be a surprise. Yay. Looking forward to it. <laughs> Hold on to your hats, everyone. Yeah, <laughs> alright. <laughs> well, it was good talking to you and uh, see everybody next time. Alright. All right. Stay cheesy.